0: Another additional ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Oh, we got a lot to get into on the show today. Of course, we got spring game review. We'll hear from the head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, from the uh, post-spring game media availability, and we'll break it all down. We'll slap it up, flip it, and rub it down. Also, we got NBA playoff review and preview. We'll get into that coming up next segment. Also, we'll do that in the 6 o'clock. And, yes, big NFL news. Jalen Hurts broke the bank uh, we got to get into that, too, coming up and how it affects Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and all the other contracts uh, that will be signed for future Franchise quarterbacks coming up. We'll get into that, all of that and more. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas. But it's time to forego the forty acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. He is Mike hardball Hard. What's going on, brother?
1: Man, just happy to be here. Excited to talk about Texas football. Lot going on on the 40 acres. Championships galore. Big 12 championships in tennis for the men and the women. And there's some people in the transfer portal that decided to make a place in Austin, Texas. Can't wait to get into it. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study. But he's not a fan of white condiments. But of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours. Rod
0: Babers. I appreciate the intro. As always, let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we do know that he's underpaid. It's Patrick Davis. How you doing, Patrick? Doing good, doing good. Uh also shout out to Lou Louis in the house. I don't want to forget about my Lou. Lou. Giving that good mojo out there. Uh of course, you're the heartbeat of this thing. You're the pulse of it. So hit us up on the specs text line 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Harge is at Hardball Hard in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at it's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, we got a lot of Sark sound to get into, which we will. Um we got some great cuts from Sark. My man Patrick uh broke down for us. Uh so we'll get to that audio coming up. Um, but I want to get uh harge your first impressions. Where do you want to start? Your first impressions of the new look 2023 Texas Longhorn football team. The one Sark says Talks like him, looks like him, moves the way he wants to move. <laughs> got that swag got like all our that. coach. It's yeah. got all that. Yeah. Uh, what were your first impressions and where do you want to start with I this I want to
1: start with the wide receiver room. Okay. I mean, you know, that's the place where all the playmakers come mm. to make plays, so mm-hmm. to speak. You know what I'm saying? So you sit there and you look at the younger player. Let's start with the young player, Jontae Cook. I mean, this dude, we knew he was a burner. We saw him play in his high school career, and we all talked about the possibility of what it would look like being in this offense with the man that be dropping them bombs, uh, Quinn, yours. But Malik Murphy can drop them bombs in there as well. But you look at the receiver core, you looked at that uh, play by A.D. Mitchell in the end zone, the snag out of the air. You saw Murf, uh, Murphy Worthy make plays uh, down the field, you also got a chance to see Jay Witt do a little bit of something. So that wide receiver room is something that we have talked about for quite some time and what the expectations are. And for for Coach Sark, when he talks about and looks about his team, he's probably thinking about a team that he had in Alabama. You remember that wide receiver room with all those talented guys that went on to play in the NFL, and then you look at what he had at um, USC. He had a bunch of talent there as well. So that wide receiver room is what I was wanting to see a lot of from the first
0: scrimmage. Uh yeah, the wide receiver room, I you know, I think going into it, everybody thought it would be a strength, and they more than delivered the mm-hmm. the top three guys, your X-Men Jay Witt, A. D. Mitchell, you talked about they combined for fifteen receptions, two hundred yards. Uh, that group really showed how uh prolific they could the potential could be for that group. And then you add in guys. Like Isaiah Neier, then you add in the young Jante Cook. Uh, you brought him up as well. He had the the bomb, the seventy nine yard touchdown mm-hmm. uh, from Malik Murphy. So you add in that with a combination of these vets you're bringing back to the table. And it's true. I mean, I, I said, you know, prior to the, the spring game and you know, all this offseason, you know, what's going to be your offensive of identity? What are you going to do mm-hmm. as well? You got to build that around your strength. And the truth is, the strength is in the passing game. I mean, that's where all your playmakers are. When you talk about Jay Witt, X Man, A.D. Mitchell, and then you throw J.T. Sanders in there, all right, along with guys like Jon Tay Cook and guys like Isaiah Nayor, if he comes back and he's healthy, knock on wood. That's your strength.
1: That I didn't even mention. Exactly right. (laughs) The the strength is in a
0: passing game. Now, J.T. Sanders, you know, he's not technically a wide receiver, but the passing game is. If you look at it right now, that's where you're at your most lethal. That's where teams cannot match up one on one with you. Last year, it was the running game, right? Because you had two generational. Uh, generational players in regards to their ability to break tackles in your backfield with Bijan and Rojo, and both of them are going to be NFL players. You have a chance both of those guys can end up starting for NFL teams. That's rare for teams to have that in their backfield. So that was your identity, right? Put some yeah. Bijan on it with a side of Rojo. This year, your, your identity should be just projecting and, and looking forward and kind of trying to foreshadow what it could be based on your strengths it's your passing game. If Quinn Ewers, and we like the way Quinn Ewers looking, we'll talk a lot about Quinn Ewers and that quarterback room, but your weapons, the ones that would give defensive coordinators nightmares and keep them up at night are how do I defend X-Men, Jay witt A.D. Mitchell, J.T. Sanders, and whoever else they're having a the passing game. Right. Jontae Cook, too. How do you defend those guys without having – you know, elite caliber defenders who can match up one on one. You may have one. You may even have two. All right, but I doubt you have three or four. Mm. Most defenses don't. They just don't have that many elite level defenders that can match up one on one and cancel out uh, a a a high level offensive threat like Texas has across the board. So that's where the identity should be. That'll also mean that the offensive line has to be performing at a high level in terms of the pass blocking, but. Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Megan The Stallion size, (laughs) but is, if Sark is disciplined enough to work, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, that can be an extension of your running game. And Quinn, you can get the ball out quickly. And then you really can mitigate any damage done by a lackluster pass protection. Whether it be – I think the offensive line is going to be fine. I'm just yep, saying you yep. need to build in fail-safes just in case, because if the passing game is going to be your identity, you need to build in fail-safes within the pass protection just in case you're going up against a really good pass rush that week. And so yep. your identity isn't – isn't, isn't canceled out that week, and you totally got to start from scratch. No, you can just build in quick game and get the ball out really quickly. Uh, and I think, honestly, I, I think the most lethal of, and I'll get into it probably in the rush round today. the day, the most lethal of concepts probably could be, I saw it a couple of times in the spring game, but not enough, could be empty. Yep. You go empty set with this many weapons to have to defend across the board. You basically put the ultimate amount of stress on a defense, and there's no way they can match up with all of your weapons. And it does emphasize the quick game. I do agree with does you. Does emphasize it as well. And I'm saying you got all those. Guys. I mean, it's and what I would do is honestly, you want to get really funky. Let's get funky. I put Jay Witt in the backfield. I put Jay Witt as my running back a couple of times, and then I go X Man, A D Mitchell. I go uh, J T Sanders, and hell, honestly. I'd probably go Jontae Cook as my as my fourth. Or maybe uh, people like DeAndre Moore. He looked really good, too. I'm just saying whoever that fourth is is different fourth. But then if you go empty with that set, think about your five receivers on the field with empty or Jay Witt, X-Men, A.D. Mitchell, uh, J.T. Sanders, or receivers, J.T. Sanders, and then whoever that fourth guy is, or uh, that fifth receiver, I should say, is. And dude, I'm telling you, it's just a package. I'm saying you're going to run the offense with it. But there's no way to really defend that if you go up-tempo and you got a... An advantageous matchup offensively.
1: Yeah, and and I agree with you 100% on the quick game, quick game. And I know you've been talking about it for Mm -hmm. years and the importance of it and how do you adjust to it with the speed and the way that a lot of these Mm -hmm. guys were moving on Saturday. Because let's get it, it, let's call it what it is. It was a glorified scrimmage, but there were times where you can see the athleticism, right? You could see the speed of the running back position. Look, we didn't even have Jonathan Brooks out there. You didn't have Keelan Robinson. You could put them in those positions that you were talking about. But don't, don't, don't. Don't get me hyped up about my man, Jay Witt, and using him in the backfield. I've been trying to get that since this young man has been at this university. Well, he started out there. Because of, I mean, I'm Tom Harmon, Tom actually yeah. started
0: him out as a running back, and he played the H, which stands for hybrid. So he was that that, that was the purpose of him coming in. So that actually was the the, the vision to try to weaponize him. Um, but since he's been relegated to the role, but you know I'm a big fan of positionless football. My man, Alex Lowe, bring it up in the yep. broadcast. I've talked to you know some folks behind the scenes about I think there is a chance Sar could uh try to minor in it. He's not going to major in it, but minor in it and it could be part of the identity of this team too but you're right. I mean, honestly, there are a number mm-hmm. of guys who could who could really be hybridized in that way. Keelan Robinson, Savion Red is
1: the one that's been working on it Sabian too. Savion Red's another guy yeah. too. So, he threw hey. a pass when he wasn't supposed to. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm like, hey man, I know you play quarterback and you think you got the risk over there, but hey, I'm trying to get you on the field, dog. Don't be making mistakes <laughs> where they leave you out there and say, no, I can't trust him. He looks I good can't trust him. No, he does. He yeah. looks in. in he he's strong. And he's strong, man.
0: Um, Let's just walk our way backwards. We started talking about the wide receivers. The quarterbacks, obviously, were the big uh, headline going into the spring game, how they would perform. Uh, Quinn Ewers, 16 of 23, 195 yards and a touchdown Mm -hmm. Uh, malik murphy i think was probably in my opinion the biggest winner if you will of the spring game he was 9 of 13 165 yards and a touchdown and both quarterbacks by the way dealt with drops yes uh, yes. Honestly, there probably were too many drops. I love me some JT Sanders, but uh, there was a drop early on by JT Sanders. DeAndre Moore had a crucial drop Ooh, deep downfield on a beautiful throw yeah. by Malik Murphy. Yeah. Uh, that was unfortunate. but he made up for it. He made yeah, it up yeah, for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. But, yeah, you look at it, there were some drops, or probably three, maybe even four, if I count the drops that were in the game. But I'm sure they'll try to get that cleaned up. But I love the the, the – really the evolution of the quarterback position for them. Now that we've seen Malik Murphy, we finally got a chance to see him showcased. Uh, The truth is, I mean, his potential is (laughs) through the roof.
1: That's why everybody kept saying we want to
0: see him. We want to see him.
1: Yeah, Because when you do see him, and you and I have had the luxury of being at field level quite a few times to be able to see how massive of a human being this young man was, you're like this. He he's he's a large dude, man. So hmm. get him an opportunity to get out there. And I know that this was you couldn't hit the quarterback, but there was one play where he rolled out. The play kind of broke down. He got to the edge and he was one on one with a defender. I saw that. And it was like there he was going to win that. Low man wins, but as big as that young man was. I don't think he – I would have wanted to see what his nose for the end zone was about, right, yeah. when he got out there, just because that would have put a whole nother level to the conversation in which everyone is happening, having. But let, you cannot deny the arm talent. That is for sure. He has got a powerful
0: arm. Yeah, man, he's got an absolute hose. He really yeah. does. It's yeah. just, it's a cannon. Yep. Uh, and they, I mean, there Very are a lot of people on the on on the team and behind the scenes that say he has the strongest arm on the team. Right. Um, even stronger than Quinn Ewers. So you got all NFL caliber arms in that room. And uh, that's what Sark wants. I mean, these are Mm -hmm. pocket-passing quarterbacks, too. There is some functional mobility. Hell, we got to see Arch Manning run probably too much. Yeah, Uh, 5 of 13 for 30 yards. See them run a little bit too much.
1: There's a little bit of different uh, speed of the game that my young man is learning. Not only that, but then you also are looking at he was playing with the third team, too. So he wasn't getting those big-time well, quality reps. Yeah, I mean, it's you it, know?
0: The, I don't even know if you classify as a well, first team true. and second team. That's it, true because so they were mixed. drafted. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was so mixed uh, in the way Sark did it. Not saying I disagree or agree with it either way, uh, but it was really kind of thrown in there. So I don't, I don't I don't, know if there was really one unit that got a chance to work together like they would, and that's what Sark said. That's why the potential was really high for all these groups, wide receiver group, D-line. Um, you saw guys make, and I brought, I brought this up on the broadcast, the way he was doing it, he was looking for individual plays. Yep. Individual individual one-on-ones yep. um, and the guys that can manage to win those one-on-ones consistently. That's what you were looking for. And like you just pointed out, the wide receivers look like they were winning one-on-ones yep. consistently. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All day long.
1: Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing too because when you start looking at, that was one of your biggest uh, of conversation pieces when we were getting ready to do the show, you were like, I want to see what these guys can do when they win the one-on-one matchups, the battles on the outside. Can you win offense and defense? You know what I'm saying? When you start looking at the defenders, you want to see them win a lot more too because that way we know that the battle is truly going on and you bring it up all the time about the battles that you had in practice with Roy Williams, Sloan Thomas, and the list goes on and on. You can go up against a B.J. Johnson every day because it was going to make you better and you were going to make B.J. better. That's what you want to see with this competitive group. And I think that was the other part too, for what what coach Sark was talking about pre uh, pre pregame and post game was the fact that we want to make sure that if number one goes out, number two looks just like number one.
0: Yeah. And Um, that's an
1: important part.
0: No, you're right. That's one thing that was on display was the depth. Yep. Um, And maybe the way Sark did it, he wanted to show that, no, there's depth all across this team. And, uh, when someone goes down, hopefully not too many guys go down. Actually, you didn't have anybody go down in the yep. spring. You had some guys who didn't really participate. Um, and he talked about that, Isaiah Nayor, uh, Jalen Catalan, Keelan Robinson. Guys didn't participate because of different reasons they were being held out. And there were not a lot of guys in green jerseys, mm-hmm. uh, which means they weren't full contact. But I thought that, you know. It was the-
1: weird seeing a wide receiver in a green jersey out there running around, running around. Oh, I know TVs TVs had TVs green too. jerseys. I, was like, this is I didn't get that either. I don't even know
0: how that works out. I mean, do you thud them up? Like, right. I, do you just touch them? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a there's a code with the team about that. That was yeah. That's, it. that's, that's new that's new age stuff. Yeah, Arch. I was uh, looking at it all, huh. More <laughs> <I don't, laughs> no idea, but I, I will say I I know the depth is obvious. Right, the depth on the team is obvious. They have more depth all around. Probably. Um, in any last year, in the last, I don't know, any last 10 years? Right. 10, you probably got to go back to, man, like 2000. That's what I'm saying. 2018, you had a lot of depth, but I don't know if you had. Playmakers. This, you did have a lot of depth, though. I mean, think about your wide receiver room. Yeah, was depth, that's what I'm saying. So you had, maybe 2018 was the last time you had this much depth, but I don't know, O-line, you'd had this much depth. No. In 2018. Well, you've got three la- layers of and offensive I don't line had, right now. And your D-line was... Yeah,
1: there, it's it was, been a minute, man.
0: It's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, I mean, it's. i say 2018. I, I think you were close around this time. That'll be fair. I think this group may have a little more than 2018. Remember, Tom Herman came in, what, 2017? Mm-hmm. So he hadn't had a chance to stack as many classes. Right. I mean, Sarkis stacked.
1: Oh, he's got his line up. His this third, is his third class. Third class he, he stacked well, his in. his third season as the head coach. So they'll be bringing, came, the
0: 2023 yep, group, yep. We we're bringing that in as yep. his third class, I guess. Um but yeah, I mean it's I think he's been able to stack more talent overall. But no. that's probably the last time and it hasn't been that often in the last ten years we've been able to say that. So no. No uh, the team is really deep. They are. Uh, the, the quarterback room is the probably the most prime example of how much depth there is on this team.
1: Man, he played what, five quarterbacks in this game? He did he, play or five.
0: Six. Uh, I know Charles had,
1: Wright was the fourth. And Lord
0: was, was in there too? too. Yeah. yeah.
1: So they they got depth in that room, a lot of depth. So we'll see how it all plays out um, as the season goes on. And you know as well as I do, at this point, I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm not speaking on it. I was just curious to it. Charles Wright has been here for a very long time. And at this point in his schooling, I mean, it looks like he's just going to stay. I'm not talking to him to leave, but I'm just saying, like, you've been here for a minute, man. You've been here for a minute and it hadn't had a lot of run, so he he he's a he's a longhorn forever obviously, but I was just curious to what his thought process would be at this time because the kid's got a, he he too. You talk about the strong arms, he's got a strong arm. He's always had one from the very beginning, but we never get a chance to see him get that opportunity either. Mm-hmm. So I was just I was just thinking about it and I was like, man, when he came into the game, I was like, this dude has been here for a while. It may not seem like it, but it's it it has been. Because remember, he got flipped from uh Iowa State. Iowa, Iowa State yeah. with Herman. Yeah. So he's mm-hmm. been through this for a while. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think
0: he's just he's gonna be here. No, no doubt. That's a good to no have the depth uh, yeah. and and the veteran depth of a guy like Charles is gonna be around. Uh but I think the focus now is you know, finding the backup quarterback, which looks like Malik Murphy's going to be that guy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and which that I think that was a huge you know point of emphasis for them to figure out who their one and two are. Because unfortunately for Texas, uh, they've had to use their second quarterback probably way too often the last twenty something years. Whoever that guy is, and I, I think it's going to be Malik, Malik Murphy. You're going to need them to you're going to need to expedite their development. No doubt. Because you're definitely going to need them to play. That, I, I don't know. I'm not going to wood. Hopefully, it's not for injuries. Give me or some the number. Give me the but, number. Last
1: uh, year, only one Big 12 quarterback. Only one. Yeah.
0: I think it was Hunter Deckers. And it was Deckers from Iowa State. I would State. Say He was the so only
1: yeah, quarterback. So, to your point, yeah. and I'm going to get into that in the Hard Knox life, uh, I'm going to talk yeah. about the backup quarterback and how significant they are throughout football yeah. just because it's a violent game. So, you are 100% correct. There needs to be somebody that can stand in there after and hold the ship together.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, I want to get into this. Uh, We got a couple of bits of audio. We can start to get into some of it, but... Uh, it started, I think, obviously, uh, Sark did a, a breakdown, kind of opened up the media availability, talking about his thoughts on the spring game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to start with the first question, I believe from Kirk Bowles. And he was talking about the deep ball, which is a big point of emphasis. It's, a, it's something that Sark says has to be functioning at a high level in order for their passing game to work. And they did hit. On the deep ball. Uh, I would say the deep ball actually did look really good. It looked much better than last season. Um, here is uh, Sark when he was asked about the uh, deep ball and also Xavier Worthy now being healthy um, and how he's going to be featured within the offense.
2: There's a lot of, there was a lot of questions within the questions. <laughs> um, I, think the, I think the deep ball one, you know, we've we put – a lot of work into it, and we're going to continue to work it. Um, I just don't think that we can say it's, it's fixed, but yet, I thought we saw some some positive things today. You know, Obviously, the deep ball to Xavier from Quinn, uh, the deep ball from uh, Malik to Jonte. There was another deep ball. I thought Malik threw a beautiful pass to DeAndre Moore. Um, so those things were really positives. And then you know, there was arguably a, a P.I. or not on another deep ball to Xavier, which sometimes that's the byproduct of, of taking your shots. Um, so you know, I think, like as in coaching, the old adage is you get what you emphasize, and we've been emphasizing that, and I think we're seeing some positive results. Uh, so that's a great thing because our offense is better when we can stretch the field. I think Xavier's in a great frame of mind. Um, you know, like I said, when we came back after the break, you know, he fought through an injury last season that a lot of people didn't know, um, and he did never complain. He just continued to work, and I think that. Um, in his mind he's thinking now that I'm healthy what could have been last year and now what can this year become you know coming in healthy and doing it the right way so I think there's good rapport with he and Quinn Um, I think his connection with his teammates is great and at the end I don't think that he can worry about trying to win people over I think he has to worry about being the best version of himself Uh, and in the end that's good enough and I think people will love that aspect about him.
0: All right. D-ball, it, it was working. I mean, you even had a D-ball that probably should have been a, another connection on the D-ball. I believe they threw probably five, maybe six yeah. D-balls total in the Everybody game. Everybody got a shot at it. And, uh, yeah, Malik uh, yeah. Malik's was back-to-back. Yep. He had the one to more on the deep post, and I believe that was the – was that the drop?
1: That was the drop. That
0: was the drop. And yeah. then it came right back, to I believe, John on T. the Cook. second and ten on that. And, uh, yeah, Jontae Cook for a 79-yard bomb and touchdown – and yeah, it did look it looked better. Now, DBs, that's the way they were playing. it. a lot of them were what they call out of phase. Yeah. Um. So they were facing the the wide receiver um, while trying to defend the deep ball, which you can do. Uh, you got to play the eyes. You got to play the hands, or you got to be able to read the body language of the receiver and know when to play the ball or when to swipe at the hands. And a lot of them were so out of position. They were that wasn't even a. It right. wasn't something they, they could even execute because no. they were so far out of position, which is good for the wide receivers and good for the passing game. But just like any spring game, glass half full, glass half empty. Right. DBs yeah, out yeah, there yeah. getting toasted. We got some D-ball. things we need to work on. Got to work on
1: you them. You know some what I'm saying? We got to get some uh, hips to work Yeah.
0: On. But no, I, I'm glad the D-ball is working for them. I I think the passing game is going to be the identity of the offense, and that means Quinn it has got to be playing at a really high level. I thought the the footwork for Quinn Ewers looked a lot better, and yeah. there still was some throws that are off. Though his his ball placement still is a little off at times. Well,
1: it's funny that you say Just that a little right? bit. because I you was I mean? thinking the exact same thing. And you know, we were talking about watching Malik rip the ball and let it go. I've still yet to see him really rear back and let a pass go. Quinn Ewers, that is. I, I've. I've if you go back and watch it, it still looks like maybe it's just his mechanics. Maybe it's just the way he throws the football. He hasn't really had to sit back in there, plant that back foot, and just let one ride. I've yet to see that. But to your point, his I'm nitpicking, but his footwork has gotten a lot better. The only thing is I wanted to see him make a throw. Like even the pass to Jay Witt, it wasn't a plant your foot and let it go. He got it out quick enough. Because of who he is, that he, his anticipation is really good. But I want to see him plant his foot in the ground and just let one fly.
0: That's a good point. I mean, he was uh, Sark was asked about Quinn Ewers and his development. Quinn Ewers done a lot in the off season to change his body. Obviously, he's changed his hair. That's gotten a lot of uh, publicity. Uh, but he lost some weight and he's been in the weight room a lot. Diet has changed. Um, when Sark was asked about Quinn Ewers, what was the inspiration for all those changes? Here's what Sark had to say about Quinn.
2: Well, you know, at the, at the end of every year, you know, and like I'm going to have next week at the end of every spring, you know, I, we try to try to meet with every player on our team and, and give them things that, A, what are their strengths that we see, what are maybe some of the weaknesses that they have, and then what do they need to work on to improve on those weaknesses. And some of those things are on the field things. Some of those things are in the weight room. Some of those things are in the classroom, so on and so forth. And so when it was Quinn um, and we had the meeting and we had the dialogue and everybody got on the same page with, okay, what is the next steps going to look like for you? I think he dove right into it and it started in January. I think that he he really you know devoted himself to the weight room. Obviously, you know, his diet, his nutrition, uh, his his just overall understanding of the offense. And I think it shows. He looked very comfortable today. And, um, you know, and that's not having a real, like, game plan going into the game. You know, you're just kind of running plays in a spring game. So the fact that I think he's going to be even more dialed in when we actually game plan and, and what we're trying to attack uh, to get after people, I think that he's going to be a more confident player. Uh, and one that I think is going to instill belief in his teammates and coaches and our entire organization that hey, that's our guy, and and he's going to make the plays when when his number's called.
0: All right, uh, I actually thought he looked better um, than he looked last season in terms of some of the fundamentals, but he's got to he's got to work at that every day. That's a that's a that's a day to day like task. Yeah, day to day burden of a quarterback is to get up and make sure you work your technique till it becomes muscle memory. And you don't have to worry about it. But you still keep doing it. But yes. it becomes – it's like it's like ball handling for for, for basketball, yeah, basketball players. It's you just that like same work.
1: thing at BP, finding your swing point. Yeah,
0: you just do it every you day. You just do it every day. Yeah, it's like brushing your teeth, man. Yep. You, get gonna you get up and you get it done. That's right. No question.
1: That's right. And, uh, and we talked about it, and I, I'll give you a lot of credit. You kept saying <laughs> last year, you can't work on that during the season. This is the time for you to do it. You sit here, you put the work in, you continue to get yourself in the right position, moving your feet around, doing everything. Mm. You can't do it. In in season, because there's too much installation going on. Yes, yeah, There's game. too much it's happening. Game prep. Yeah. It's game prep. But when the off season comes around, you get in there. Now he's done that in the weight room. He's done everything he needed to do, and he looks the part. He looks professional now. I mean, when you start to look at him, he yeah. looks like a professional.
0: No, I hope he's ready for it because I think it could be a big year yeah. uh, if he's ready to take his game to the next level. I he's got he all is. the weapons around him he needs. Yeah, in the passing game, the running game. I think we can all agree, it's still some to be designed. I told you guys that. I yeah. said, listen, I told you guys before the bowl game, I said, man, that running game without B. J. Rojo, trust me, it looks a little different. It's gonna be different. Yeah. It's just a natural regression. You can't help but have that kind of regression. You're basically asking the office to still be as funny without Michael Scott. It's it just go- ain't the same. It's gonna be fine, but it's not gonna be as funny without Michael Scott. Not when you bring in Idris Elba. Exactly, <laughs> he's you know not the guy. I don't know Robert California, but exactly. he's not as funny as Michael Scott, <laughs> and that's basically Texas' running game. <laughs> no doubt, it doesn't have Michael Scott, so it's going to be the Office without it's gonna Michael. Little, it's but going to but be a little different. I still watch it. Yes. Robert California is perfectly fine. Yes, so is Idris Elba. But we agree, <laughs> they were no Michael Scott. It's not the same, player. And C.J. Baxter, yeah. love him. Jonathan yeah. Brooks, love him. But uh-huh. you're not Rojo. <laughs> you're not Rojo. Oh, and you're, you're not D-ja. <laughs> Yeah, come on, huh? <laughs> We love you. We're here you for that. you. Uh, but we're going to keep it moving. We're keep it moving. <laughs> right, we come back. We'll get into NBA uh, playoff review. Previewed us so much to get to in the NBA. Uh, we'll try to hear as much as we can. And bad news. A lot of injuries have randomly popped up early in the NBA postseason. We'll review those as well. All that and more right here on Ball do Live. Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Uh, usually uh, Smooth Soul Monday uh, is designed to sue the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. That was Astros actually. Astros fans. Go Astros mm-hmm. this weekend. Mmm, Rangers, hey. Them Rangers. Them Rangers, let me tell you. It's it's not a big series for the Astros because I think all Astros fans just accept it. It's going to be a slow start. It has been a slow start for for the Astros the last three, four years. So just assume and hope and pray that this is just like the last three or four years. Exactly. And if it's not, then we'll learn about that later. We'll make adjustments later. Yeah, we'll figure out that later. But for the the Rangers, though, that's a big series. Go to H-Town and, you know, put it on the Astros and win that series for the Ranger squad that made a lot of changes over the offseason, that was a big series.
1: That was a huge series yeah. for them, and it, it, it gives them that that foundation of, hey, we can answer the call mm-hmm. when we need to. So – Nothing like that confidence going into the rest Come of the season, now. right? Still leading the division. Hey, what did I say now? Y'all <laughs> better enjoy and, the Rangers, and exactly, fans. As long as it's happening, keep talking about it. <laughs> exactly. That, that,
0: as long as it's happening, y'all need to keep talking about exactly. the fact that Rangers are leading that division, no doubt about it. All right, Jim, uh, let's get into some uh, NBA playoff discussion. I say we just start on the West Coast because all the drama is on the West Coast. Well, there's a lot of drama. Unfortunately, there's a lot of injuries, too, that uh, we'll get into. I I think that's just kind of put a damper on the NBA postseason a little mm-hmm. bit. Just trying to keep up. So, just for those who don't know, real quick, before we get into some of these uh, NBA playoff matchups, there have been some injuries, um, and Giannis uh, is probably the most prominent player dealing with the the injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. Healthy sheets. So uh, his status right now is they said op- there's optimism, cautious optimism um, regarding his status after the uh, he went down. I think he hit a bruised lower back. Fell on his back, Um, and so right now he's dealing with a bruise or a back. That's a big injury. But also, John Morant also now has an injury that he's dealing with as well. Um, So John Morant has an injury. Tyler Harrow got injured. Mm -hmm. Um, He ended up broken uh, hand with a broken hand. So he's going to be out for a little while. And still took a shot. They gave him the
1: pass in the corner. They didn't know that he was dealing with a broken hand. And they passed it to him in the corner to knock down a three and he came up shout and mm. then he ended up leaving the game.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. Nah, it's uh, so and I think the X rays uh with Andre Tacumpo are uh you know, the the X rays say that there's nothing broken. So he's not dealing with anything structurally. Damaged, but mm. uh, right now they just don't know about the the swelling and all that kind of stuff either. Yeah. So uh, you got multiple big time injuries uh, in the NBA right now that are definitely going to affect uh, the NBA playoffs going forward. Um, but we'll get to some of that too. But starting on the West Coast, hard you got a lot of these matchups that have already started to surprise some folks. Um, probably one that's not that surprising: Kings and Warriors. Kings one twenty six one twenty three win. That was that might be the best game I've seen so far this postseason.
1: Oh yeah, this is, was is this, that the this, best game we've oh, seen, we've watched so far as postseason. And the funny part about it, we had a bunch of basketball and in soccer this weekend. So by the time I got home, we got to ca- catch the last ten minutes of the game. The actual, that's all you need to watch. That's all we needed. <laughs> and I kept telling people the entire year. Y'all know it. We've talked about it here. De'Aaron Fox is that guy a lot of people across the country did not get a chance to see it. Mm-hmm. Patrick, you knew it because you're a basketball guy. We talk about it in here. He has always been after it. I mean, it has been one of those things where it was unbelievable to watch him play, but it's, it's, it's that energy that they bring. We talked about Mike Brown. Mike Brown ended up getting the um, player of the year, coach I mean, coach of the, of the year, and rightfully so. Rightfully so because nobody was talking about Sacramento. Nobody at all. No, this They knew is, they had yeah. a lot of talent, but nah, they've had talent before, and they didn't do anything with it. And my favorite part about it all, and I'm a huge uh, Steph Curry fan. I'm a huge um, Warriors fan. I like what they do. I like the energy that they play with. But the best part about it is they got to light the beam. I got a chance to see the beam get lit.
2: Oh, On the sorry. middle of the court, it was outstanding
1: <laughs> to watch that be done. But the energy that they bring and the fact that Mike Brown was on the Warrior staff when they won championships, that is exciting. That is very exciting to see.
0: Yeah. No, that was a great game. Um, Patrick, you watched a lot of NBA. Your thoughts? Do you think it's the best game this postseason or am I being hyperbolic? I mean, it is so far.
3: Yeah. But we're a weekend in. Well,
0: I know. I'm just saying, like, that was a, it was
3: a great game. Well, it, was, it was great to watch a team that's that's young in Sacramento Continue to fight like they did, and Steph Curry could hit some crazy shots, and and they kept Golden State looked like they kept just wanting to be the better team, and Sacramento never went away. Was able to pull it out at the end, and th- that's what you want to see from a young team is that resiliency. And and when you see it, you go, oh, this team can win the series.
0: They can win the series. It's a little, and, yeah. and, and I don't think it's ever happened where Steph and Clay together have gone down o two in a series. That's never happened before. Yeah. So that if they would do that, that would be uncharted waters. That'd be uncharted territory for the Golden about. State Warriors. And but they're already there because they've never been this bad on the road. I was going to say they are awful <laughs> on the road.
1: They are eleven and thirty <laughs> away terrible.
0: from home. Yeah, they're really—that is guys. absolutely terrible. And they had a chance to steal that game. They did. Oh, they no, had it, their they moments. Did. They had their moments. They kept taking. Oh man, and. They trust Andrew
1: Wiggins way too much with like, threes come on, late. Come on man. When they passed that ball to him, I I was like, I don't want to sound insensitive, <laughs> but my man has been <laughs> out of there for a while. I could not understand. I was like, man, they I'm got like, a lot of trust Wow, in They threw the ball to him
0: I guess he's going to bounce back. Yeah. I guess and he was having a
1: good game. I'm not I'm not hating on him, but no. I didn't have faith. I did not. I was like, man, I don't. I, I don't want to be insensitive to my man and what he was going through. But he was not the one I would have passed the ball to.
0: Yeah, between all those guys, all those clutch players exactly. you got down there, I think yeah, I'd have went somewhere else with some of those shots. I'd have passed it to
1: Jalen. I mean Jalen to uh, Draymond. Before I would have passed
0: it to him, it's probably a 50-50 for me <laughs> exactly. between Draymond and Andrew Wiggins with those shots late, honestly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's going to be a great series uh, too. But on the West Coast, also, I think the Lakers ended up with a surprise win in Memphis to start out that series. Memphis has the best home record in mm-hmm. the NBA. Yeah. Uh, so the Memphis Grizzlies don't lose a lot. I think it was thirty-five and six for their is. home record, You're correct. something like that. Uh, and Lakers end up beating them one twenty uh, to one twenty-eight to one twelve.
1: Yeah, the biggest story here is obviously what you were talking about, the injury to Ja Morant, and it's on his hand as well. Mm -hmm. The the x-rays already came back negative, Negative. but it's more about the pain tolerance for you now because if you go back and look at it, it's been like three different ways on the way down. And, again, I heard the conversation earlier and saw the Twitter feed where somebody's talking about – banning charges and that is the most idiotic thing that I've ever heard and the reason is that's part (laughs) of the game that's part of the game because if that's the case everybody's going to try to put you on a poster if there's no charge so what are you going to call? That's going to be called a foul against you no matter what so am I supposed to just let this man go down the middle of the floor and try to dunk on somebody? No not doing that. going to continue to fight you in the middle of the court where you can get out there but the whole thing is Austin Reeves and Chamora going oh. out there and doing their thing. Hachimura. Unexpected heroes. We know that those guys have been balling. If LeBron loves – I told you the other day when we were talking about it, I was like, that's the Alex Caruso now. That's their elect- yeah. That's their Alex Caruso. That but he's is. doing that in a
3: high-pressure situation.
0: That's amazing that they yeah. get those guys to step up in the playoffs. Hachimura, 29 points? Off the yeah. bench. That's Off the bench. Bench. that's
3: That's the LeBron James method of winning in the playoffs is – me and then Anthony Davis are going to draw your double teams and we're going to draw all the attention to us and we're going to kick it out to some other guys. And if they can hit shots and they can score, then they all have great games and we'll win. No, yep. But Easy. you just have to have some of those guys that are hot and they had two of them.
0: They did. That's exactly right. Austin Reeves, 23 points. He had... Um, nine in like the closing minutes of the game mm-hmm. in clutch time, and uh, Hachimura had 29 points, career high for him. But he, I want to say, he only missed one of his nine shots in the second half.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he went five for six from three. From three. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, mean, it, I don't know. I haven't watched. I guess I haven't watched enough Lakers. How often have we seen Hachimura have? He's he's been a very I know consistent. he's a consistent scorer, but, but not
1: like that. Not like that. like on, Patrick man. was talking about it when when they made those trades they made the right moves. The the front office, for the first time in a very long time, they made the right moves. You bring back a D'Angelo Russell. You bring Vanderbilt back. You put him in the starting lineup. You also, Mo Bamba didn't get a chance to really do anything, but you got Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder, uh, Malik Beasley. You've got complementary pieces Mm. to go in there and understand what it's like at this moment where LeBron can – Stand in the corner, be a decoy, as you were talking about, where he can just say, all right, I'm going to kick it to the right guy as often as I possibly can. And if y'all
0: don't, y'all go one-on-one. I'm going to dunk on you, and I'm going to shoot a three like you did the (laughs) other day. Yeah, it is. uh, No, a lot of people like the Lakers right? after they made that trade and a lot of people jumped on that bandwagon. Um, They're definitely going to make it interesting.
1: Everybody got in the game yesterday except for Tristan Thompson. That's he's our, the only one. Tristan's, Tristan's like, Tristan,
0: you know who's fine with that? Tristan Thompson. Exactly. <laughs> he's like, I'm good with I'm that. Go, I'm Long, straight. Get, Braun brought me on. I'm getting yeah, to check. We I'm good. Straight. I just moved down the street from a baby mama. Yeah. We all good there. Yep. Uh, gentlemen, Clippers uh, beating Phoenix. Is this uh, surprising to you guys, the way this worked out? Honestly, Kawhi Leonard, he's now playing back at his elite form back to his champ when he won the championship with the Toronto Raptors and he kind of spearheaded that championship campaign all on his own and looked like the best player in the NBA at the time, best two-way player mm-hmm. in the NBA at the time. He's actually playing close to that level right now, guys. Um, Post-All-Star break, he's been averaging 27.7 rebounds, four assists, 54% from the field, 45% from three-point range. That's since the All-Star break, and in this game, Twenty-five of his thirty-eight came in the second half. Just took it over. That's big, Patrick. Took it over. Yeah. No, he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't like the Kawhi. I know. That's why I said Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> he's like, yeah. What <laughs> like Patrick? No, I <laughs> mean
3: in reality too. The the main the Clippers that bench just outplayed. Yes, it, it, the bench play was really good for the Clippers. And they were able to take the game over when they were resting some of their bigger names. Mm-hmm. And that is how they kind of kept pulling back ahead.
1: And one of the most underrated players for the Clippers has always been Powell. He's been a big piece of their success coming off the bench, being um, uh, that electric scorer for them. But going back to what you said about Kawhi, Kawhi's been playing over 40 minutes a game yeah, for yeah, the man. last three weeks. in. Mm-hmm. Playoff Kawhi is somebody that you don't want any part of if you're the opposing team. He When it's a crucial time at the end of the game, he's going to lock down that defender. And I don't know if y'all really paid attention to this because it was just, it happened so fast. There was a ball that came underneath the basket, and he was about to go for it. And another player from, uh, from the Suns was going, and he snatched it with that claw, just wrapped it up real quick, and me, I was talking to my son, DJ, who was by losing his mind, by the way, watching this game. He <laughs> snatched that ball out of the air with that. It looked, it looked so small. I was like, oh my God. he oh, got some mitts, man. He does yeah. have some oven mitts over there and mm-hmm. just yanking that thing out of the air. And I do have to say this and I'm going to give a shout-out to my kid, even he said it, that I think they need to take out. His favorite player is Russell Westbrook. His football favorite player is Russell Wilson. Just so y'all know. It's been a bad
0: couple of years for the Russells, too. Yeah, it's not been a good look for him, (laughs) but he
1: rides with him. He rides hard with him because he loves his i want to win at all costs attitude. But he was almost costing his team to win because he kept shooting the ball. And he even looked at me and he said, I hate to admit this, but we got to get him out of the game. And we, he cannot touch the basketball 3 again. of 19. <laughs> 3 of 19, and he was 1 of 6 from three-point land.
0: 3 of 19.
1: 1 of 6 from three-point land. Yeah. So he was. He even said it, but
0: he almost had a triple-double. Uh, yeah, I would say clutch time. He became clutch. Yes, playing he, defensively. He's the first player in the last 25 years. With two points, two rebounds, two assists, and a steal and a block in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, according to ESPN Stats. Oh, sorry, I should say post-seasons, actually. It's there you go. Play- that's a playoff there stat, uh, so I should say postseason. But So he was. He was re- the last time a player shot three for 19 and still made winning plays on the glass and clutch free throws— the answer was Russell Westbrook. The Wizards beat Philly with a rush shooting, 3 of 19, <laughs> 19 points. He had 21 rebounds and 14 assists and two steals. The man's going to do everything he can to help you. And he's going to talk may trash, be, too. He may not be shooting. No, it's but just not. It. He, will yeah. out,
1: he will definitely out-hustle you. He's going to fight for every ball on the ground. He's going to fight for every pass. He's going to be in the passing lane. It has been outstanding to watch him play, even though – His plus minus was minus six yesterday. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hey, hey, look, hey, clutch Russ. Exactly. Clutch Russ is all you need. Uh, To Patrick's point, though, about the bench, they were also clutch. Um, The last 10 games, the Clippers' bench has averaged uh, 47 points per game, basically. Um, Their bench is ranked number one in offensive rating in the regular season, three-point percentage, third in scoring average, field goals made, and fourth in assists. Yeah. So that bench has been damn good. No doubt. Um, all right, uh, we'll come back. We'll get into the Flex on the other side. Right here on Ball do Horn.
1: Flex ATX, for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the Horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. <laughs>
0: Don't lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, Also time for the flex. FLXATX.com Go to FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Uh, You can go check out uh, lots of information up there for you including uh, the info about the 7-on-7 state qualifying tournament dates. Uh, You can get all of that uh, on FLXATX.com on FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. And also all of the old flex the rewinds if you will um, of the, uh, the Wednesday Night Flex Shows, you can go check that out also at flxatx.com. Um, and you can go check out all the great guests that they've had on the Wednesday night flex over the last few weeks. Some really good guests, including Ken actually. Shout out right. to them. Oh, and also, uh, shout out to uh, Jacob Henry. I saw that, uh, I believe my man got a uh, he got a couple of scholarship offers, one to Northwestern State, I know, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, which actually shout out to Northwestern State. That's in Louisiana. That is. Uh, my, my pops ran track there for a little while. Nice. Yeah. Northwestern nice. State. And he also got another... Uh, Fordham. Was it Fordham? Fordham. Okay. So Up shout in New out. York.
1: Yeah. That's where he was at that weekend, mm-hmm. this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, shout out to all the local area soccer teams that got a chance to play hey now. for championships. Uh, dripping Springs fell short in the championship game. Uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, we talked about it the uh, mm-hmm. Friday when we were in uh, Georgetown. And shout-out to Ron Hoover's RV hey. and Marine. I know they had a great time up there. But mm-hmm. when you were looking at it, I was like, man, the Dallas-Fort Worth area is probably going to win all these championships.
0: They dominated football, that's yep. for sure. It dominated basketball, and that's for sure. now they dominated soccer. So, yep. yeah. Yeah i will wait on baseball, I guess. Yeah, we're going to
1: definitely wait on baseball because there's a lot of good baseball teams that are here. Uh, Georgetown has been playing good baseball. Round Rock, uh, Westlake is highly ranked in this area as well and in the nation. So there's a lot of teams that will probably be representing us as they go on in the playoffs. Yeah,
0: usually, you know, I'm representing H-Town. I give a lot of love to H-Town, but, man, there's no doubt. The DFW area right now Mm -hmm. is the Mecca. There of sports is. in the state of Texas. No doubt. So, Central Texas and, it, and H-Town, they need to step it up. They,
1: I think they're looking at it.
0: <laughs> Somebody's got to take the crown because <laughs> uh, yeah, they're doing it. All right, uh, we'll come back. We'll get into some NFL news notes and nuggets. Jaden Hurts signed a new deal, Ooh. making him one of, if not the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. And we'll talk about what that means for Lamar Jackson and for Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert, all the other uh, franchise quarterbacks who have yet to sign their extensions. All that and more right here on ball, don't lie. I wonder if we're not the